Thank you for joining us on the Crossroads Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you as part of our family. We're a community where people are welcomed home, built up, and sent out. Our prayer is for you to find meaningful relationship and belonging with both God and His people. We'd love to connect with you. Download the Crossroads Church app, follow us on Facebook or Instagram, or simply send us an email at info at mycrossroads.co. We pray that as you hear this message, you encounter Jesus and all that He has in store for you. I just want to know if I'm getting younger and younger, who put the gray hair in that video is what I want to know. Good morning, everybody, and good morning to those who are watching online around the country and around the world. We are really glad that you uh, chose to make us your church family. And uh, I know there's a lot of people sick, so we especially uh, reach out to to you right now who are watching, who are sick in our uh, our body. So God bless you. I hope you're feeling better. Uh, It was amazing. The first service was just about jam-packed, and I thought I didn't think that was going to happen with so many people sick. But uh, I want to, before we get started, first of all, I want to say I am so excited about this new series uh, because uh, it's going to be awesome. It really is because the name of the series is Beyond Existence. It's B. We're going to take a look at just saying that God wants us to experience more than most of us are experiencing and more than just surviving and more than just making and more than just eking by that God has way, way, way bigger plans for, for us than, than that. And it seems like each message that I've written so far is just better than the next one. So can't wait for this series and I uh, hope you're a big, big a part of it because God has that in store for you. I want to say something that just uh, a lot of you have seen uh, in the news in the last couple of days uh, that it looks like the Methodist church uh, will, be, uh, will be splitting. And I uh, want you to know a few things Things. First of all, that has not come to a shock to us on, on leadership or in, on the staff. That is something that we've kind of expected to happen in the last few years. And far more importantly, this isn't a shock to God. He knew this was going to take place. And we really believe this is a good thing because it seems like the denomination has really been focused on one issue and one issue only. And we're never going to be just a one-issue church. We're going to be uh, not about just one issue. We're going to be about one Savior and Lord. And that's who we're going to be proclaiming and who we're going to be lifting up. Amen. And, uh, and amen. <laughs> and something else I want you to know is crossroads won't change uh, at all, no matter what's uh, going through, no matter what takes, uh, takes place there. We will stay the, the same DNA. We will stay the same beliefs. We will stay the same. What you see is what you're going to uh, continue to, to see. And something that, I, that, uh, that hit me this week is uh, for some reason, I didn't know this was coming down the pike at this moment, uh, but this week I just had one verse on my heart, and that was uh, John 1.14. Now I want you to uh, put this in perspective. John at this time was an old man, and he was writing the, the gospel of, of John that, that bore his name, and he was writing about Jesus Christ. He was writing about his experience with Jesus and what he saw and, and, and who Jesus was and things Jesus did, and, and there was one part that he said, and Jesus came to us full of And I wonder if he just put down his pen and just said, you know, wow, what would I put? Because he could put so many things, couldn't he? Full of power, full of authority, full of incredible teaching, full of, of, you know, compassion. What were the two words that he would use to describe Jesus of any word he could use? And he used the words full of grace and truth. And I think a lot of times we think in this world that those two words have to be mutually exclusive, don't we? That, that, that those things don't go together. But Jesus put them together perfectly. That he, he never not compromised on the word of God, but he always showed love and he always showed mercy. He always showed compassion to anybody. A great example of that would be the, the, uh, the woman caught in the act of adultery. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. There was grace and there was, there was truth. And that's what we see Jesus embodying in Jesus all the time. And something that seems like church 
churches a lot of times go to one extreme or the other in that. They're either a grace, 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 and there's no standing on the word of God, and they're no different than the rest of the world. Or a lot of times there's truth, 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 but there's no compassion or love and outreach to, to the world. And one thing I guarantee you that we're going to be is we're going to continue to be everything that we've tried to be to be a church of grace and truth. That we stand, we unashamedly stand on the word of God, but we also unashamedly stand that we are our people with open doors and open hearts and we will love every single human being. Amen. You know, uh, how many of you in any way, shape, or form kind of make a New Year's resolution, either think plans, things that you plan on doing, things you plan stop on doing? Uh, some people, not a whole lot in here, but whether you do that or not, you know, uh, I, I want you to think about having a New Year's resolution this year, this decade, man. Happy New Year, happy decade. And that's, that's this. I want you to stop just stop going to church. And you may think, wait a second, Lowell, what are you talking about? And it's weird to hear from a, from a pastor. But let me unpackage that for the next little while. Uh, I, one thing I love, I love that uh, people come up to me in the community a, a lot, just about all the time when I'm out at the mall or, or, or at the gym or anything like that, and they say, hey, I go to your church, or we go to your church. And I love that. It's a great way that I connect with people. It's a great way that I can, you know, to, to, to meet people, see people, and things like that. But they mean, can mean so many different things when they say that, right? Because there's like, for instance, there's one guy that I love and care about. He's a manager at a, at a place that I, that I, I go to, and, and he always introduces is me. This is my. This is the pastor at the church I go to. Well, I mean that's great, and I love this guy, and I love that he considers me as that. But I don't, to my knowledge, he has not stepped foot in here since maybe the Eisenhower administration, right? And then, but then there's other people that they that they come on church, on uh, Christmas and Easter, and they go to the church. And there's other people that they come and hit and miss and come and things. And then there's other people that they're here, if they're alive, if they're in the planet, right, they are going to be there. So no matter where you are on that spectrum, here's what I'm, uh, I'm saying. I pray that we don't just go to church anymore. I pray that you understand this is God's will for your life, that you understand that you are the church, and you understand that God's will for your life is that you be planted in a church. Now, when I say planted, uh, where do we get that terminology? It's straight out of the Bible. There's several times that it mentions that, and we're going to just look at one verse uh, from, the, uh, from Psalms 92. And I want you to look at different words here, okay? The different words that are going to just uh, jump out. And here it is. The righteous will, here's the first word, flourish like a palm tree. There's the first analogy, like a palm tree. They will grow like cedars of Lebanon, planted, there's the word, planted in the house of the Lord, and they will, here's that word again, flourish in the courts of our, of our God. And what does the word flourish mean? I mean, that word jumped out at me, and that's not a word we use all the time, is it? I mean, I ask people all the time how they do, and I've never had one person ever say, I'm flourishing, right? Or we're flourishing. Never had those words come out of a person's mouth. But yet, that's God's will for our life. So I looked that word up in the, in the Hebrew, and, and it's an incredible, it's an incredible word. It, the word is parak, okay? And what it means is literally this. The first thing is go ahead and throw that up there. This is the picture it is. This is parak. The first thing is, is, is it means to blossom or to bloom. This is God's will for your life. That God wants to make something beautiful. God may, wants to make something incredible out of your life. He wants you to bloom. He wants you to flourish. The other word is this, to, to spread your wings and fly. 
Aren't those two great words? That's another, that is God's picture for you. He wants you to soar. He wants you to not just make it through life, not just eke out, not just survive, not just whatever. God wants you to soar. God wants you to blossom. God wants you to bloom. That's God's desire for your life. So here's the million dollar question. Who's gonna do that? We all, I bet you every single one of us, we want to flourish. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I'm hearing that and I'm hearing that word and that's what God wants, I'm going, I'm all in that. I mean, sign me up for that. Sign, sign Sylvia up for that. Sign my kids up for that. And this is my desire for you. I mean, as your pastor, I want you to flourish. I want you to bloom. I want you to soar. And the rest of whatever I say, that's the motive of what I'm about to say because I want you to soar. So who's gonna do that? That's the million dollar question. The Bible tells us, there it is. It says, says those who are planted in the house of the Lord they will flourish in the courts of our Lord notice it doesn't say those who just go to church it doesn't say those are the ones who will flourish it says those who are planted in the house of the Lord those are the people that are going to flourish and the psalmist continues he, he he compares us he compares it to two different trees and the first one is is the cedar and the the, the cedar what is it about the cedar I mean a cedar was the tree that uh, that Solomon used to to build the the temple why did he use the cedar? Of all the trees he could have possibly used on the earth, why did he choose that? First of all, a cedar is incredibly durable, isn't it? I mean, he wanted his, the, the temple to last for, 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 for decades, for centuries, and that was one tree that was gonna make that, make that happen. If you've ever gone out and chopped wood, which I have, if you've ever hit first a pine tree, it's easy. You just go through that like crazy. But then well, I still remember to this day the first time I turned around and started to chop a, a cedar tree. About separated my head from my shoulder, right? I mean, it is like hitting a brick wall. It is like hitting something wrought iron. It's incredible. It's incredibly durable. Something else it is, it's incredibly beautiful, and it smells great. I remember my mom had a cedar chest in our house, and every time you go near that, it would smell so good. And something else that it, that it was is it, it also got away from, you know, the, from vermin, from moths and things like that. I don't know if you knew that, but, but, uh, but cedar keeps moths away and keeps other things uh, away. That's the picture that God has for your life. God wants it where where you are something beautiful, where you are durable, where the littlest thing doesn't throw you off, where you make it, where you stand the test of time. God wants it where you become something beautiful. God wants it where, where all the little things that come and try to destroy our life and, 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 and grab us and everything, that they can't affect us like it affects other, other people. That's God's plan. The second thing is that he, that he says we're like, or where you can be like, is like a palm tree. Now think about a palm tree. What is that, uh, what's that example? A palm tree for, for centuries has been, an, has been a, a picture of victory. It's been a picture of, of triumph. For instance, in the Corinthian games, when, when somebody won the, what would be the equivalent of a gold medal to, to us, they would get a laurel leaf and they would get a palm branch. That was the gold medal showing that they had triumphed, showing that they were victorious. If a, a, a king and the army would come home, the people would wave palm branches as a sign of victory, as a sign of triumph. That's when Jesus came into Jerusalem during this last week of his life that they waved what? They waved palm branches as a sign of triumph. That's why we call it the triumph entry so it's a sign of victory but it's also it's a sign it's an incredibly resilient tree isn't it 
But I don't know about you, I, I, I wonder when I look at the pictures of the hurricanes and even class four, class five, category four, five of four hurricanes and see these trees that are just, I mean, we're talking 150, 160, 170 mile an hour winds and they are bending, 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 but they're not breaking. Every other tree has been smashed to smithereens during these things, but these things have kept, the, have, have, have stayed in, intact. Something else is they are incredible at, at reproduction and, and they have an influence on the world as few other trees would ever have. For instance, a coconut palm could drop a, a, a coconut into the, the water. It's, caught, it's uh, picked up by the surf. It's taken 3,000 miles and that same, th that same tree over here can plant a, a grove of trees 3,000 miles away. And again, that's God's picture for your life. God wants you to be, God wants you to live a life of triumph, okay? He wants you to live a life of victory. The Bible says this in 3 John. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. I mean, think of that. God's biggest desire for your life is not that you eke out, is not that you barely make it. His desire for your life is that you triumph, that you that you prosper in every way, just like your soul is, is prospering. He also wants you to be, be resilient. That the other things that because storms of life are going to come and you're either going to be smashed to smithereens or you're going to bend but you're not going to break like the palm tree and something else is as well on that is is just he wants you to impact the world and not just live your own life but also influence those around you in your school in your uh, in your job in your community in your in your uh whatever it is and it says this they will still bear fruit in old age they will still stay fresh and, and green. One thing about both the cedar and the palm trees, they're evergreens. They're growing when other trees are not. They're alive when other trees are, uh, are, are dying. And so uh, I'll go ahead and throw that up to the picture of the seed. Here's seeds. I, I, this, one thing that never ceases to amaze me about seeds is their potential. In every one of those seeds is a potential for incredible things. I mean, they can grow to thousands, to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of times their size. When you talk about a, a sequoia redwood, one tree can produce, to, can produce a, a plant that feeds many, 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 many people. And then that, can, that, that seed can go on from there to there to there to there. Generation after generation after generation can be impacted, and that is the potential of one seed. And the same thing is true in your life. You're like a seed. The potential is amazing in you. Of, of what you can do to be a blessing in your community, be a blessing wherever you are, to, to, to be fruitful, to, 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 do, to be beautiful, whatever that is, the potential inside of you is incredible. But don't miss this. There's only way, one way a tree or a, or a seed can have an impact like that, can go, grow and have an impact. It's when it's planted. And the only way you're really going to have the impact that God created you to have an impact on is for you to be planted in the house of the, of the Lord. And here's something, too, that Jesus told a story with a, with a lesson, which is a parable. And he told this one that, that I want you to understand, you're one of the seeds here. It's talking about seeds and it's talking about soil. You are represented here, one of them. There's four soils. You're gonna be able to say, you know what? That's probably me right now. So here's what I'm asking you to take an honest look and say, where are you right now? And take a real look and say, where do you wanna be this year? Where do you wanna be this decade? Where do you want your life to change? And here's the first one where he just talks about it and then he explains it. Listen, this, these are the words of Jesus. A farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered, scattered them across the fields, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. 
Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, don't miss that word, deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plant. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone who has ears, they should listen and understand. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath, they represent those who hear the message about the kingdom and they don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. I want you to know something. If you're listening to me right now, in here or online, uh, that if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never surrendered your life to him as your Lord and Savior and, and become a follower of Jesus Christ, this is you. To this point in your life, this is you. And God doesn't want it that way, and we're going to give you an opportunity to, to change that. The other thing is, it goes on, it says, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately they receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, there's that word again, deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. This is a person that is, it represents the shallow life. This is a person that has really good intentions. They really do. I mean, this is a person that starts out and says, but the problem is they're not planted. They're not really rooted. They're just barely there. They're just barely there. And, and anybody who's ever gardened, you know these plants of both things. You know where, where you can go and take a weed and go, boink, and it's gone. And you can, can try to take, there's some weeds that, man, you try to get out, and it's like their root is down to the, to the core of the earth, right? That you're pulling with everything you've got, and you can't get that thing up for anything. Our life is going to be one of those two things. We're either going to be barely planted, and the least little thing knocks us off, and the least little thing gets us going, or, or we are going to be somebody that is planted in, in, in deep ways. And if you've ever thought to yourself, or as a couple, and, and, and said, you know what, we're going to have better intentions. We're going, to, we're going to do the right thing. We're going to start going to church. We're going to start doing the right, living different and things. But that lasts about three or four months and you had the best of intentions, but it didn't follow through, you're this soil, and we need to understand that. And this is something that, that I felt, man, I mean, God felt like downloaded to me yesterday morning, and it was almost verbal, but this is what he said. If you want to go beyond existence, which is what we're talking about, and I hope every one of us want to go beyond just existing, then we have to go beyond good intentions. If we want to go beyond existence, we have to go beyond just simply good intentions. So if we ha there's the shallow life. Here's another life. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth so that no fruit is produced. And so now you've got the, the busy or the crowded or the life that is misdirected and, and things. And we can all relate to that, can't we? Because understand this, he didn't say the evil life. These people are not being evil they're just busy. They're just really, 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 really busy. But understand this too, that Satan, something he does not want you to know and hear right now is a life that is busy can be just as unproductive and still not grow just as much as a life that has no faith at all or very, very little faith. And here's the thing. This is one of the big reasons why we should never just go to church is, is this. If we're just going to church, you're too busy to just go to church. 
You got too much on your plate to begin with, right? I mean, think about it. You go to work, you commute there and back, you go to school, you do your homework, you do come back and you got some work to do, you have things around the house that you have to do, you're raising the kids, you're feeding the kids, you're 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 going this this place, that place, and every place. You're involved with stuff at school, you're too busy. If you're just trying to go to church, you're gonna find a million reasons. Why not to go to church if that's all you're doing is simply going? The second thing is going to church isn't the same as as being planted in a church. There's a real difference between going to church and being planted in church. You can tell it in our language. Can we hear? I mean, think about it. Sometimes if a day is really pretty outside, or if the day is really cold outside, really rainy, or anything like that, or, or if, the, you know, if there's a Panther game on, or if this is, or you've been really tired, you've had a rough day, or a rough week, or anything like that, you got to bed late, or anything, these words come out of your mouth. Are we going to church today? Or you hear, if you've ever heard your kids ask the questions, are we going to church today? The chances are your family is a church that, I mean, a family that just goes to church and not understands that they are the church or planted in the church. Because hear this, I doubt that your kids or you have ever said the words, uh, are we going to eat today, right? I mean, we've never used those words. Your kids know you're going to eat. Unless you're going through a really tough financial time or you're fasting or something like that, you're going to eat. Now, the question is what you're going to eat or when you're going to eat, but you never ask. They never ask those, those questions. Why? Because they know it's too important to you. They know that it's too important that you, it is too important to their growth. It is too important to life. It's too important to their well-being that, of course, you're going to feed them. And if we could just understand that, I hope I don't have to go through an analogy of what this really we're talking about. If that's true with physical feeding, shouldn't that be true with spiritual feeding in our own life and in the lives of our kids as well? It's too important to their life, their growth, and their, uh, and their well-being. And something, that's why Jesus said this. It says in the Bible that Jesus went as usual to the synagogue. He went as usual to the temple. He was there, and he's our example. And if he needed it, then we need it. He was planted in a local synagogue. That's why we need to be as well. And there's something too, is, is one of the 10 commandments, think of it. I mean, God said, this is so important that I'm gonna command you to go to church on a regular basis, to take a day off and make it holy and separate it as a, to, to God. That's how important it is to God. That's how important it is to you is what it really amounts to. And something I thought of too is, is and oh, I thought of this. I did, this isn't in my notes, but this is something I, uh, I, this occurred to me last service, is I grew up in the Midwest, and in the Midwest, we really do have tumbleweeds, right? I mean, those things you see in the Western, you know, and the things go by and everything. We really have those. And something that, uh, it, that I thought of is you never, I've never seen a building made out of tumbleweeds. You just don't do it. They're, they're, they're here and they're gone. They're here, they're gone. They're here, they're gone. You can't build anything out of that. But what you can build out is something that's planted. You can build something out of an oak tree. You can build something out of a cedar. You can build something out of planted there. And the same thing is true in church. And we can't build, we'll build what God wants to build in this place. This year, in this decade, we can't build it with people just coming in and coming out. We're gonna build it with people who are planted and people who are committed and people who are there because that's what God created and that's the people that are gonna change our generation. Amen? And something, thank you. When I went... When I grew up, I never, um, my parents never asked. I never heard the question or I never asked the question, are we going to church today? And we weren't even Christians at the time. It was really wild. And yet we were planted in a, ch in a church. But I am so thankful to my parents. I'm thankful that they gave me that environment, that, that they gave me that, that, that foundation that I heard the word of God in. That I heard, and, and I don't know, you know, I know some of the stories from back then and everything. But what I know, I learned is Jesus loves me and I love Jesus. 
And that's been the greatest foundation. But something happened to me when I was in high school. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And at that moment, everything changed in my life. And I never, ever, ever went to church again. But I was there every single Sunday because of this. Not because somebody told me to. Not because I ever heard a sermon like this. But there's something in my life. I wanted to be in the house of God. I wanted to be where I was going to hear the word of God. I wanted to be with other believers. I wanted to be where I could worship God. And something, I don't, it didn't matter how busy I was. And you know, I tell you how, where I screw up all the time. This is one thing I did right. I mean, this is one thing I did right where, where just no matter what it was, finals or anything, I made room. Everything else in my life surround, was surrounded by my, my devotional life and my relationship with God, even though I was involved in a thousand other things. Instead of trying to fit God into everything else, I fit everything else around devotion to, to, to God there, and I've never been sorry for that. And something I, I want to say, too, is, is you know, we, right now, one thing that that's, we understand is millennials are leaving the church in droves right now. They are. It's just, it's, it's something obvious. But at the same time, the same incredible, wonderful generation is passionately wanting to have something bigger than themselves that they can invest in, wanting something in their life that they can, that they can give their life to. So here's the thing. If you can show me anything more important, more vital, a greater mission on this planet than to be the person that, than to, to give salvation, to offer salvation to a crying, dying, sighing world and being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to a hurting world and offering the hope and the love and the joy of Jesus Christ to the world. Let me know what it is because I'll be the first con, con, convert you have and the strongest convert you have. But if you can't show me that, then man, why are we just going to church? Why are we investing? And one thing I love about our, our, uh, our, the millennials in our church, and I mean, there's some, there's some that just come and go, but man, some of the most devoted people I know in this building and in, the, in, our, in, in our church are the millennials because something they understand. They understand that they are the church, not just that they go to church. And they understand that in order to do that, they need to be planted in the churches uh, as well. I'm thankful for millennials. Something else, so he goes on to say this. Uh, in Jeremiah, it talks about being planted as well. And he says, they are like trees planted, there it is again, along a riverbank with roots that, uh, that reach deep into the, into the waters. What happens when you're planted? Your roots will go down deep. And what's the result of developing deep roots? You stay green despite the circumstances. Listen to these words. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. And I want you to hear this. There's gonna be heat that comes in life, isn't there? I mean, there's heat that we get from our boss. There's heat that we get from our parents. There's heat that we get from our children. There's heat that we get from our spouse. There's heat that we get from our, the, the, the world around us. We get, we get heat. How are we gonna handle that heat? How do we handle that heat? Unless our roots are down deep, how do we handle that roots? And there's something else is, is too. There's times of drought, aren't there? In life, I don't know about your life, but there's times that you touch something and it turns to gold, man. You can't, I mean, you got the Midas touch, turn it, it turns to gold. And there's other times in life you touch something and it turns to sawdust, right? It doesn't turn out the way you want. How do we handle, how are we gonna be fresh and green even in the midst of, of, of times that are, uh, that are times of, of, of drought? Because I guarantee you, you're probably gonna face heat this, this week, somehow, someplace. I bet you're gonna face times of, of drought soon. That's not you know, putting that on you, it's just part of life. How are we gonna handle that? The other thing is this, not only do you stay green despite the circumstances, you produce fruit. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green, and here's the words, and they never stop producing fruit. Let me ask you a huge question. Don't you want to produce fruit? 
Don't you want your life to count for more than just going to work and doing this and doing that and just surviving and being a dash between two dates on a gravestone? Don't you want it when people look at your life, they go, man, they made a difference in my life. They made a difference in this community. They made a difference in this church. They made a difference and they impacted something in some way. Don't you want that for your life? And something else, the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Man, don't you want those things in our life? Okay, who's gonna have that? So the Bible says it's those who are planted. And so, um, so here's just some reasons to stop going to church. First of all, because life's too busy. And you're gonna, if you're just trying to figure out a way to fit God into everything else, he's gonna go to the wayside and be way down the pike. And something else is, is because we never fight alone. We're fighting for stuff. Every one of us, we're in battles for things. We're fighting for our marriages. We're fighting for relationships. We're fighting for our, our families. We're fighting for our children. We're fighting for our community. We're fighting for truth. We're fighting for, for our, our nation. Whatever it is, we, just, we, we, we have these fights wherever we go. We're in a war. But here's the great thing is, when you're planted in a community, when you're planted in a local body of believers, you never, ever fight the battle alone. You don't fight the addiction alone. You don't fight the loneliness alone. You don't fight the depression alone. You don't battle the illness that you're going through alone. You don't battle the things that you're going through in your family alone. You've got a family there with you that cares with you and loves you. And that's the thing too that I just that I thought of is, is we find people when we're, when we're planted, we find people who will fight with us and we fight and we find a family that's worth fighting, fighting for too. And another thing is the world's going digital. You know, one thing that, uh, that I really believe that what Jesus would do is what we do. Jesus went to where the world is, and the world is going digital, so we go to the world, and there's thousands of people that watch online uh, our, our services and things. And one thing that we, that we, that we do, something, something we do is we don't, we don't ga- do this, do that, so we don't gather together. We gather together so we can do that. Does that make sense? We don't do that so just we, you know, so that everybody can just, you know, stay in their jammies and things like that. We do it, we gather together so we can reach all, every single precious person who's listening to me right now. We gather together so we can love you. We can gather together so we can reach you, so you can hear the word of God. That's why we gather together. And the world is going digital. That's where Jesus would be, so that's what we are doing as, as well. The devil, I want you to hear this, the devil doesn't want you to go to church. I mean, even if you just show up, every, the devil doesn't like that, you know, because, because he knows that every time you show up, every time you hear the word of God, the word of God does not return void. And even though you don't know it, it's changing your life and God is accomplishing something in your life. That's the word of God. But something else is the last thing Satan wants is for you to be planted. You know why? Because he knows that then you're gonna, man, you're gonna be evergreen and you're gonna be like that palm tree and you're gonna be resilient and you're gonna be able to stand and you're gonna be something beautiful and you're gonna bloom and you're gonna soar and you're gonna do those things. That's the last thing he wants in your, in your life. But God wants you to be planted. And there's a, I remember seeing a nursery and I mean a nursery where they did two trees and things and it had this sign that said, it said, when is the best time to plant a tree? It said, dot, 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 20 years ago. When's the second best time to plant a tree? Today. And maybe you're here today and, you've, and you're listening to, to me right now and you've never been planted. And, you know, it may have, could have, should have, would have happened, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, whenever. But there's the, what's the second best time to do it? Right now. To say, you know what, whatever's happened right now, I'm going to be planted because, you know what, I want to flourish. I want to soar. I want to blossom. I want to be evergreen. I want to do all those things. And if we could bow our head and close our eyes for a moment.
And I want to first offer that invitation to those, if you said you were that first soil and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you've never given that uh, him your, uh, made him the Lord and Savior of your life, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now, to have your sins forgiven, a new relationship with God, the past being the past, eternity with, with God in, in heaven, and to flourish on this earth. And if you'd pray this prayer sincerely from your heart out loud, those who are watching online and those who are in here, and if everybody else could join this prayer just to help them out, dear Jesus, I love you, and I want to live for you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my life right now. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my life. I give my life to you. And I may not know all what that means, but I'm going to trust you from this moment on. So help me, God. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to pray for everybody else as we remain in a time of prayer. And maybe you'd say, you know, if I'm honest, I'm one of those other two. That my life is shallow right now, that my roots are not going down deep, or right now, to be honest, I'm busy. I'm just busy, busy, busy. I'm just making, I'm just surviving, I'm just doing those. But God, I want it to be different. I want to be that other soil. I want to be the soil that produces. I want to be the soil that's growing deep and growing in you. I don't want to go through the motions anymore. And if that's you, just tell God that. You know, just do a sign of between you and God. Just move your foot, move your hand, do something where you're just saying, God, this is me right now. I don't want what I've had before. I want to be a different fruit, a different soil. I want all the potential you have for me to live. And maybe you'll say, you know what? I've been a believer, but I have not been planted. Maybe I've been going to church, but I have not been planted. And this year, this decade, I started afresh and anew. I want to go beyond intentions. And what I want to go into is being beyond existence too, Lord God. I want to thrive and I want to flourish. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Crossroads Podcast. Check back with us weekly to hear more messages. We hope you have a blessed day.